tea or anything. That's okay. They can just be our 30-second intro. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Rudo, joined as always by AJ Hayfley as I'm on the wrong screen as well. Oh, well. Welcome in. Today is was supposed to be the day we're going to talk about the entire expansion draft, but we decided we wanted to do it up fancy and save that for tomorrow, bring some graphics for all y'all who watched the show live. So instead, we're going to be talking about the Avs and going in-depth on their situation specifically in this upcoming expansion draft, why things are shaking out the way they are, why there are a couple of players that make a lot more sense than others for the Avs to either leave exposed or perhaps work out a deal to get him out and towards Seattle. So, I mean, should we start off with the obvious here? McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog. Well, I mean, do you want to start? Do you want to start at forwards? Do you want to start at goaltenders? Do you want to start with Eric Johnson's NMC? Where, wherever you want to start, because there's a lot of stuff for us to get into. I mean, I, I think we should start with saying that it, certainly, at very least, there are no universes where McKinnon and Rantanen are left exposed. I would add Landeskog to that list. Uh, this, <laughs> so I, would this, I, but... The, this this concept of Landeskog is a pending UFA. Let him, let him uh, keep him... Uh, expose him in the expansion draft and then sign him when they don't take him or whatever uh and then use the extra slot it's 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 the big brain stuff that causes you to lose your captain yeah going a little too galaxy brain on that yeah, one for sure seattle would just sign him and be like well here's all the money <laughs> we're right two and a half minutes into this show and we already have two questions about martin kout fantastic I wrote about it in the. Uh, I wrote about it today. Yeah, I saw you so. even bolded and italicized Martin Count's name in that uh, yeah. <laughs> exempt list. So, yeah. um, for everybody who thought that they were going to fill up the comments section with jokes, I got you covered. <laughs> By the way, go check out AJ's article on exactly this if you want it in written form. Highly recommend. Always does great work. I mean, I believe Ed Beers would be eligible, sort of. I guess you could just get him as a free agent, right? He'd be free agent, technically. Um, but the thing that I think AJ and I both want Seattle to take in expansion are these hideous pants. Because these are Not nasty. Great, Not great. I... Look, you can almost get away with it on the home. I don't love it, but you go to the away, and it's just, I don't get it. Like, the, the, Bad, best, the best explanation I had for the blue pants before, like, seeing them in, in quality, this is from uh, NHL 21, it was the Avs wanted to add more of their blue color to their away kit, which I understand it makes sense. But if you want that blue color, put it on your jersey. Don't put it on your pants. Uh, yeah. What I what I would really hope is the case here is uh, that the game they're they're much like like those colors are emboldened for the game. Yeah, a little too brightened up. Yeah. Yeah, and that in person, they're quite a bit darker shade of that blue because that like that's a great blue, but not not on that kit. Not like that. And honestly, I don't know that there's a blue on those gloves that I like in that combination. Yeah. The the like you can almost make it work with the blue stripe with the pants, I guess. The blue gloves just right the burgundy right into him is pretty gnarly um yeah i also don't understand why they have their primary logo again on their pants but you know whatever those actually look cool even though they're not real so those are totally fine yep and then you have the the burgundy pants with the uh the th- reverse retro jersey also fine 
if that's if that's what they end up going with. Yeah, okay. it's not amazing, but not going to complain too much about it. Uh, Mostly the, just complaining about the away that we want thrown into the sun. Just looks so bad. Yep. So bad. At that point, just go back to black. It just looks bad. Yep. Agreed. So, Seattle, if you if you're looking for blue paints. We got plenty of those in expansion, apparently. Uh, <laughs> back into the actual conversation here, where we we started with Landeskog is protected. Continuing through the forward core, uh, are there worlds where their next six forwards aren't protected? I would say yes, but certainly Burkowski and Kadri, I have to think, are pretty unlikely. Yeah, I would say unlikely. Um, I wrote a little bit about Burakovsky in there and why I could I could see if they wanted to expose Burakovsky. Say they wanted to do four and four. Yeah. Where they expose all these other guys we're going to talk about. Plus, I'm knocking things over. So <laughs> I'm adjusting this. That's just how today's show is going. I forgot the music yeah. at the start. It's the way it goes. Today's just not, today's not our day, man. <laughs> um so like with with Burkowski, if they wanted to go four and four where they they protect Kadri and then they protect Graves on the back end like I could see it yeah uh and that would be Burkowski has another really good season and they aren't convinced that they're going to be able to sign him uh to to any kind of an extension I can see where they expose him in the expansion draft and Seattle would 1000% take him uh and exposed, be like yeah, yeah and be like Thank you. That's a really good player for us to start with. Uh, and and then he's, you know, whatever happens in Seattle happens. Yeah. But if he, like, that's that's only in a case where he has, like, too good of a year. And then the Avs talk to his reps and they're like, hey. This we is want $7 million. Dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they look at $4.9 million, like. There isn't a lot more room for him to go up that the ads will be able to afford. Yeah. It's really, you're getting into like the mid fives and then the six range. And then anything after that is going to be really tough for them to be able to pay for. Um, it'd be easier to know those things if they had Landy and Makar's money. Deals locked done in, for sure. Yeah. This is just our world right now. So I can see that that one specific world where Burakovsky gets exposed and taken. Uh, I would still say that it's unlikely. Yeah, it just you've been you've been searching for these wings for too long. You have you've them been trying to get these guys. You can easily go seven and three and protect them. Yeah, pretty easily. Um, we'll we'll get into the conversation of how they wouldn't do that possibly in a little bit, but. If they do go seven and three, it seems like certainly Kadri and Burakovsky would be locks to be in that seven. Easily. Um, that's that's five no-brainer uh, forward locks. Yep. And then spot six, you assume, goes to Saad. That's another one where he's an expiring UFA at the end of the year. Do you, you know If he prices himself out of the abs, you have the conversation of potentially leaving him exposed. But So... I protected him in the piece that I wrote. The reason was that if Seattle takes him, the abs get no savings. Yep. Um, this is an opportunity for the abs and they're in a unique opportunity here because they're, they, they, they want to kind of game the system to make sure that they lose a player, lose money, but they, they want to make sure that it's a player who has salary, uh, has some sort of salary commitment in the future but also one that they can replace yeah, with one of the incoming ELCs. Look, Martin Martin Kaut may or may not be an, uh, a, a full-time NHL player in this upcoming season. We expect he... he when injury sure happens, seems like he should be able to yeah, earn a job anyway, but... He, sh- he should definitely be in this conversation. Yeah. The following season, there's there's no reason for him not to be. Shane Bowers, same conversation. Alex Newhook, same conversation. That's three ELCs right there that you need to drop into your roster. With the expirings of Calvert and Belmar, you can replace two of them pretty easily. The third one gets replaced with whoever gets taken in expansion. If you if you 
protect Brandon Saad, and then lose him in in free agency, you're okay with that because you made sure that you lost a little bit of money uh, that you can then replace with Alex Newhook right. CLC. I think that that's the key, right? You're losing Brandon Saad's money anyway if you're exposing him in the in the expansion draft. Someone like Don Scoy mm. Comfer will get into this conversation too. That's extra savings. Don Scoy is an extra three point nine million that you would have to play with going into the off season if you lost him, as opposed to an expiring UFA. Yeah. So, uh, and you know. There are still some question marks around that as as what the cap looks like. But as far as Saad is concerned, and we talked about this on the show a couple days ago, if you gave up two seconds for one year of a guy, doesn't feel great unless you win the cup. Yeah. So you have to think the Avs will at least attempt to re-sign Saad. However that goes, it goes. Yeah. I think I mean I'm, we'll we'll see how he fits and how he plays and you know it may not work right. at all. And if he bombs, it has twenty you know? points. It is what it is. But yeah, so we'll we'll see how he plays and like what it what the what the relationship is at the end of the year and then whatever the financial realities are. Like, look, if they can get him on a Tyler Toffoli type deal, I think you have to try and do that, even with Alex Newhook coming in. But you protect him from expansion to give yourself that chance. Yep, and you make sure protecting him from expansion just means that that's one less avenue where Seattle could select a legit player, and you don't save any money. Mm-hmm. And that's that's gonna be that's that's a big consideration here. So that's why we have uh, we've got Saad as the sixth guy, the sixth forward protection. Yep, and. I'm with you on that. I don't have any arguments there. The only, in my opinion, the only forward spot that is really up for debate is that seventh forward spot. And there's a very real debate there. There are legitimately four guys that you could put in that spot. Yeah. So, and that's, I mean, that's a, that's really the crux of the entire expansion conversation is about this seventh forward. Yep. As you protect your top six and then you have, Essentially, your entire third line in Donskoy, Comfer, and Nachushkin that you either have to pick one of or you go with the young guy, the cheap guy, as we talked about, if the Evs are looking to move out money in Tyson Jost. Right. Um, it's so in the piece that I wrote, I protect Jost. Yep. Which I know is going to be an unpopular thing. <laughs> but as I wrote in there, it's it's purely a business decision. It's not a hockey decision. Uh, knowing that they will be able to replace whatever guy they lose. Um, I'm protecting Joe's to keep them from taking a cheap player, basically. Yep. If you protect both Saad and Jost, then if they select a forward, barring them taking Logan O'Connor, which, like, I guess if they were huge fans of him, they could it do, but feels like a mistake given the talent on the abs. Right, do that. like when you have Comfer and Donskoy and Nachushkin available, why would you take Logan O'Connor? Yeah, it it just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. So it's it's all about for me. It's it's all about what are you prioritizing? Now we're one year out. Yeah, we still have an entire season where these guys are going to. It's going to be a battle royale. These four guys, whichever one of them does best, is going to make the best argument for protection. You know, if Val Nachushkin repeats the season that he did and is just a little more productive in the postseason than he just was, then you're going to have a really hard time exposing that guy. Comper has a 50-point season at $3.5 million. All of a sudden, that dude's pretty good. <laughs> right. Now, granted, we, we, we're going to be talking about point totals and stuff because we got we got to do it in like prorated fields here. Of, yeah, in a full. Because yeah, true. we're going to it's going to be a 56 game season and, you know, 20 goal seasons are not going to be common next year. It's not going to be a lot yep. of those guys that get there. Um, I just I just think that. You have so many different aspects to this. You know, Nachushkin 
is right in the middle of his prime. He's an elite defensive forward at two and a half million. That's great, but they only have one more year of him at 2.5. And then he probably gets a raise after that, assuming that he repeats the season. And if he does, there's a great argument to, to be made for protecting him because he's just that good defensively, where it's just it's really hard to find guys who are excellent defensively but can also give you 30 points. There's yep. lots of guys who are going to be excellent defensively, and you're just hoping to get 10 points out of those guys. But thirty a thirty point guy, thirty five point guy can give you ten goals, and an elite uh, defensive presence uh, on the wing and in a depth role. It's really valuable. It's really hard to find. So if he repeats that season, I think he probably becomes the favorite. Donskoy, I think, has the least case here. He's he's the highest scoring traditionally, but he has the worst underlying numbers. He's the most expensive, and he's the oldest. Yep. He's probably the easily uh, the most easily replaced by just dropping Martin Kaut into that job. Like yep. one for one, Martin Kaut takes Jonas Donskoy's job, and it looks different. Those are really different players, but it's a lot cheaper, and you're probably not losing a ton production wise. It's Donskoy doesn't fill a defensive niche like Nachushkin does, right? Donskoy doesn't play center like Confer and Jost do. Exactly. And Cowd is not a center either. So it starts to make a little bit too much sense for the ad yeah. side of it anyway. Yeah. So for me, Donskoy's out. Uh, Nachushkin has to prove it. So for right now, for in this very moment, we'll cut him out of it. And now you're down to Confer and Jost. And for me, I don't have a strong opinion here. Uh, but I, I protected Jost purely because he's cheaper uh but if you were to if you were to pound the table and said you have to protect comfort i would say okay i mean again assuming things go well with brandon sod if the conversation is would you rather have comfort or sod i'm taking sod and jost over comfort and jost sure if that's I, if that savings is the difference between Sod or or a, a quality top six player, and not, I I'm willing to give up the money. If if Jost doesn't take any steps forward this year, at all, I think he's the easy expose. Uh, if he continues to get better, because he's gotten marginally better every year. And I think if that continues, if he continues to get marginally better, um, just it's, enough it's of tough. a step forward. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really because then at that point, Seattle has all the reasons in the world to take him. Yeah, and then you've been you've given this guy four years to to break out, and then you're going to watch him go to Seattle. You did all the hard work. You went through all the growing pains. He's going to go to Seattle and he's going to turn into their William Carlson. Get opportunity and go off. Yeah. And that's going to suck to watch for them. Like that's, that's the fear. You know, if he gets, if he gets absolutely no better, you expose him. And Confer is not good on the PK is the problem. Yeah. That's, it's the lie that everyone's been told is that Confer is good defensively, but and I, um, I I wrote in I wrote in my piece today. Right now, JT Confer, especially with the fan base, is more reputation than reality. Yeah, he he gets credit for a lot of things that just aren't true, and that's that's why we are comfortable being like expose him. And of course, I say expose him. And at the end of my piece, I also say Confer is the most enticing guy for Seattle to take. Yeah. And- but again, it, it's a business decision, right? Donskoy might be the perfect guy, Avs side to take, but if they end up taking Comfer, that's three and a half million off the books. Yeah. So it, it's maybe a decent compromise if they are, in fact, looking at the forward side. Uh, I don't know if we're qualified to answer this question from Kira, but she asks, do you think those four feel pressure to produce to be protected? How much of a competition is there? I, I mean, I think they know it's coming. And there are only so many spots, but I I just think this is a team that has something bigger in mind. I don't think that they are ever going to think about the expansion draft until the end of the season when it's like, 
okay, now we have to do it. You know, I don't think there's ever going to be a point in the season where mentally any of those guys are like, oh man, Jost is really having a breakout here. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in danger of being exposed in the expansion draft then, you know, like, I don't think that will be a thought process that exists. I think it'll be, I've got to get it together. We're trying to win a Stanley cup and I don't want to be the reason we don't. And then at the end of the year, you know, when the games are done, you get there. Yeah. And, and you know, then, then guys have time to reflect back on what happened. Then I think they'll think about it, but not, uh, not before then. Um, to answer Travis's question, I do think Jost could have a breakout like Carlson. I don't think it'll be a 40 goal breakout. I think it'll be more like what Carlson, what Carlson is, is today. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's more of like a, a 50 ish point, 45 yeah, like point. 40, 40 or 50 ish kind of guy. Like um, mm, somewhere, somewhere in there and a good defensive player because he's gotten better every year to the point where his underlying numbers now, uh, especially defensively, are pretty good. And, and something to reiterate there is there would be opportunity in Seattle for Jost that he's just never going to get in Colorado. Yeah, definitely period. true. So. Yeah, and I keeping those guys purely because they could be trade bait for a rental at some point, that's how that's that's a poor use of consolidating assets. Like, that's how you get yourself into trouble. It's really hard to trade bait Comfer, I would say, at least in the coming season, because he's got multiple years left on that deal. Yeah, and, after, you know, when Seattle's talking about this, this is, he's got two years left on his deal. Yep. And, you know, a two-year deal of almost any amount of money, a team can probably stomach. Maybe, but... Be something we talk about in the next segment. Yeah, indeed. We have to take our first period break here. Our DraftKings pick of the week, Brendan Vogt, this one's for you. The Jets are only plus 144 to go 0-16 and 16 in this entire NFL season. I'm not saying take the bet, but take the bet. That's all I'm saying. You know, the Jets are pretty rough this year. You can make yourself a little bit of money. Of course, if you're looking for better odds, they have tons of odds boosts every single day over at DraftKings Sportsbook with amazing bets from pretty much any sport you can imagine under the sun. So go give them a look. And when you sign up today, you can first of all win yourself $100 by betting $1 on the Gonzaga versus Baylor basketball game coming up this weekend and get yourself a $1,000 deposit bonus when you use code DNVR when you sign up. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that DNVR code when you sign up to turn that $1 into $100 and, of course, get the $1,000 sign-up bonus. Bonus again, code DNVR at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a limited time only. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call when at 100 And of course, Breckenridge Brewery, our official beer over here at DNVR. Got a strawberry sky right here for you. You can get these down at the farmhouse in Littleton or, of course, use the Breck Beer Locator online to find it in a liquor store near you. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So we're talking a lot of these forwards that we're leaving exposed about monetary value. And a big part of that conversation becomes Eric Johnson's contract. Now, before we even get into the monetary value of it, he does have an NMC. We've talked about it every single time this topic comes up. If EJ wants to be an AV at the end of this season, he needs to waive the NMC. I think that's pretty clear. Doesn't guarantee that he'll be an AV, but. Uh, the average—it seems too easy to just buy him out if he's not willing to waive. Uh, it is, and you know, two million dollars of dead money on their cap for four years would be the penalty. Yep, for buying him out. Um, but for EJ, he also loses four million dollars in that in that exchange. Yep, if he declines to waive the NMC, so 
given given look at the financial trouble that the players are in right now as they're preparing to try and come back to play they're giving a ton of money back to the league because of how much they're losing guys are guys are having huge chunks of salary taken four million dollars isn't going to be an insignificant amount of money for that guy because yep. if, if they buy him out and he goes into the open market he's probably not getting four million dollars to play somewhere else meaning he doesn't he's not likely to make that money up on a on a deal uh if he does get bought out so EJ has every reason to waive the NMC, uh, especially because there isn't really much reason for Seattle to take him. He's going to be 33 years old at the time of the expansion draft. Two years left, six million dollars. Um, there just there really just isn't reason to take him. I mean, all right. So obviously, the protections here seem pretty straightforward on the defensive side. First of all. You don't have to think too much about McCarr. Yeah. Shouldn't have to think too much about Gerard. And then the newly acquired Taze getting signed to a four-year deal should pretty much lock him in as the third as well, assuming yeah. EJ waves. It it would take it would take a massive disappointment from Devon Taves this year for them to even be to a conversation. Yeah. yeah. This is this is easily Ryan Graves is just the odd man out here. It's Ryan Graves, Eric Johnson, Ian Cole. So that's the conversation you have to have. If you're waving and exposing Eric Johnson, if you're Seattle, why would you take Eric Johnson over Ryan Graves? Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, at this point in their careers, I don't know that there's a major difference, especially when you consider a further decline from EJ. As moving forward for the next two, because each guy would have two years left on their contract. Yep. Which guy's going to be better over those two years? Graves will be half the cost. He'll be like, he's what, seven or eight years younger? And at that point, skill level will not be. Skill level will not be. uh, It it won't be enough of a difference for it to be a meaningful conversation. The only thing that EJ has on Graves. Maybe you can make an argument that EJ is a bit stronger defensively, but the only significant thing he has on Graves, I would say is, is veteran leadership ability. Yeah. And like, look, that's going to turn into a real magical elixir. If they win the Stanley cup this year, true. Then all of a sudden EJ gets tagged with has been there before. Yep. You know, knows, knows what it takes, but so will Ryan Graves. Yep. So, you know, it's, um, to tackle some of the, the no, you don't. You, they don't need to. Getting to the cap floor is not difficult. They have to take thirty players. Getting to the cap floor is not hard. Yeah. Uh, Fletchmonger asked, trying to get to the cap floor. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, and we'll talk about it more tomorrow, probably. Yeah. Given the flat cap that the NHL is facing it shouldn't be hard for Seattle to get to the floor. There should be teams tripping over themselves, trying to give them money. So the difference between EJ and Graves and Graves, isn't like free. This is a guy that's making over $3 million. So, yeah. I mean, again, they have to, they have to take, uh, they have to take 30 players, whatever combination of ones that end up on their roster, uh, they will not be struggling to get to the cap floor. Yep. I've fl- I've flipped through some of the protection lists and stuff uh in prep for tomorrow's show when we draft the the roster. We're not going to have a hard time. Yep. Should I'm be. honestly more worried about the cap than I am the floor. Given the flat, yeah. And and that's exact teams are dumping contracts they signed expecting cap to go up is basically what's going to be happening happening but We'll see. Uh, we'll see on that front. Uh, it, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, leaving either of EJ or Graves exposed qualifies them for the, the rules of the expansion draft. They're qualified um, because they have to leave someone exposed that is signed through 21-22 that played at least 70 games over the last two years, I think it is. Um, so they're good there. and it's super if ej waves it's super straightforward it's if ej doesn't wave 
it's still super straightforward. It just yeah. means buying out EJ. Yep, that answers the who does who you know. Bo and Byram, Connor Timmons are both on your team at that point without any problems. All right. I don't know what's going on. I'm just, we got yeah, some no. some kind of bots, I suspect, in our yeah. our uh, Periscope chat, but that's okay. Um, anyway, continuing through the the defensive line here, the conversation again becomes: How do the Avs use this money? And uh, let's assume they protect Jost. Moving into the def- moving into the goaltender position, uh, for you and myself, I think it's pretty easy. They protect Grubauer right now, today. It, today, it's not even a question. You protect yeah. Grubauer. It's not. It's no. It's not even close. Anybody that wants to act like it's close is lying to you or delusional. It's not close today. You give it another year, another we'll playoff run, another. Yeah you know, another bad luck of injuries or whatever. This is definitely open to change, but in this very moment, it's not close. You're protecting Grubauer. If only because, again, for the same reason uh, that you protect Jost and Saad. If Grubauer gets taken, and he most definitely would at that point, uh, they don't lose no money comes off Colorado's cap. Pending UFA, yep. And then they would have to turn around and spend money on a goaltender somewhere. Now, I wrote in the piece and I said, hey, look, if Adam Werner has a great AHL season, maybe you roll Francois and, and Werner. But for a Stanley Cup team, anybody comfortable with that right now? No. Uh, part of that conversation, though, is if you do want to protect Krubauer, the assumption is you're extending him. Yeah. So and that's going to cost money. It, money that wildly depends on the type of season he has. Yeah, absolutely. If if he's good enough to hold down the starter job, but not that much better, he'll make a little bit more money. If he's probably a $3.5 million deal. If he throws up a 930 or something ridiculous, dude's going to get paid. Yeah, I mean, look at the Markstrom deal. I think that would probably be his goal would be a contract like what Markstrom got on the open market this year. Yeah. I, I imagine an insane year like that. And then, and then Colorado's in a really weird spot. Yeah. Do you pay for the guy that just had the great year knowing that it's unlikely he repeats at that level or do you roll the dice? You know, do you take chances? Uh, That's a conversation they have to have. Um, Either way, Franzos is not going to be the guy. And I don't think that there's any reason for Seattle to take him either. Yeah. I, again, speaking to strictly today, right? I can't see Seattle taking him. Same conversation there. Franzos rolls in and steals the job from Grubauer next year. And something crazy happens. Then the Fs have to consider protecting Franzos or maybe Seattle would actually be interested in him. We'll just have to see. Right. Um. Yeah. It that's the issue with doing an expansion draft look a year before it happens. Um, Things will change. Look, we're willing to do it now because it's, there's at least some sort of a picture here instead of a year ago when everyone started asking us and it was literally anything could happen. But at this point, to go over the abs full protection lists, from your article, you have McKinnon, Landeskog, Rantanen, Burkowski, Kadri, Saad, and Jost for forwards, Makar, Gerard, and Taze for defensemen, and then Grubauer in net. So, with this setup, this guarantees that unless they do something like ridiculous, like take Calvert or Belmar going into pending free agency. Uh, it, it guarantees that the Avs shed at least $2 million in cap. Yep. And potentially and up to $3.9 million. Yeah, and I, I think the likeliest outcome is probably Comfer, but the, the Alex Newhook chip here remains just enormous because he can come in and he can play. Martin Kau can come in and play. Shane Bowers could come in and play. 
yeah, they're going to be able to replace these losses. I don't, I don't want to make it seem like those guys don't mean anything. So it's like, well, it won't be hard at all. But the Abs are uniquely positioned to not only just lose a good player, but replace them without having to to work very hard. They don't yep. have to go scour the league to go get another third line guy. They've got a Shane Bowers or a Martin Cout available. Right. They can replace them internally with ELCs. And that's how, one, you save money, and two, how you get value on a cup contending team. Yep. At at best, it gives you more money to go get the one extra piece you needed. At worst, it keeps you under the cap with quality NHL players. Yep. So... It, it puts the abs in a great spot. We'll take our second period a break here and acknowledge Strava Craft Coffee, the CBD-infused coffee that has really changed lives. You can get it at StravaCraftCoffee.com for 20% off when you use code DNVR20 when you purchase. And, of course, it helps with migraines, aches and pains, IBS, many other things as well. If you haven't tried it, you can sign up for their subscription service when you love it for two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. Highly recommend we also have WGT Golf, our gaming sponsor. We now have DNVR4 open, so we need to download the game from dnvrgolf.com. You can search for DNVR4 and find us there. We have tournaments every single weekend where you can win stuff from us here at DNVR, including merch, as well as other things from time to time as well. So all you have to do is take a screenshot of your final score in the tournament once you play in it and send it in to us, and you'll be entered to win. Highly recommend. It's it's awesome. You can either send it to the DNVR Sports Twitter or email it to info at the DNVR.com. It's awesome. Yeah, I don't I never win, but that's okay. I, I've come in, in a couple top tens. I do all right on occasion. We've got uh Elf on the Shelf shootout this weekend. There you go. Elf on the shelf shootout. I've never been a fan of, of that whole thing. Never never got it. Creepy. <laughs> Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented Elf. by DraftKings. Elf on the Shelf is just Christmas clowns. Yeah, the elves is. are a lot like Christmas clowns. That's a really good way to put it. Just Not weird, a fan. Man. Not a fan at all. Um. Well, hopefully the Avs don't end up looking like clowns in this expansion draft. And I think here's the conversation that that's extremely tough. Look, we've talked about their protection lists today. That list seems pretty straightforward. It's not that hard to get to that conclusion outside of the seventh forward spot. Yeah. What makes it difficult is if you're diving into the trade market. Yeah. Uh, Yesterday we looked at what happened when teams got really cute with Vegas. If you're Colorado, how do you approach this trade market? Where would you start? If if you were the Avs, you're Joe Sackick. Rudo, you have transformed into Sackick. Oh, sweet. Or, I'm going to go shoot a bunch of wrist shots then. It, it, or, or at least you've got his, his job. Okay. All right. You're working the phones with Seattle to try and get them to take a certain person, certain player, whatever. How do you approach it? I mean... I think you have to be pretty hard set on not giving up anything of significant value. Uh, no first round picks, and you don't have two second yeah, round picks already. Definitely so. no first. I I wouldn't give up a pick in the top hundred, just straight up. Since you don't have any seconds, especially my firsts and thirds are off limits. Basically, uh, if you're if I'm giving you a fourth, you better be doing exactly what I want you to do. If you're Seattle, yeah. Okay. You can still get the three-headed monster tee if you want, Mike. Over at the DNVR locker. Great shirt, by the way. Uh, but Super yeah, popular. Would not be willing to give up any top 100 picks, certainly. Um, it's tough because, again, we have a year ahead of us where the Evs current prospects are going to develop. If they're more interested in a in a player in the system or the organization to 
to pick a certain someone, depending on who it is, depending on how the season goes, that could be a conversation. Um, I'll tell you right now, if they wanted Colby Ambrosio, I'd be like, mm, I don't know about that. I like that prospect. But what if they want Drew Helson? See, that's that's a conversation, right? If we're three months from now and Hellison has like 15 points in 20 games, that's a lot harder of a sell, right? Let's let's assume Hellison continues the strong start that he had. Sure. And that he elevates his prospect status in our eyes to people who have kind of always been down on him. Yeah. A little-ish. Certainly down on the offensive ability. Um, Down on him as a legit NHL prospect. If he has the kind of year where it's like, a year from now, they're definitely signing him, kind of like what we did with Sampo Ranta, where we're just we're just assuming that guy's getting the ELC at this point. Yep. Right? Assume Hellison has the kind of year where after his junior season, he's getting an ELC. Is that is, is are you now comfortable trading that guy? It's tough. I, I do think it's tough. Um the defensive side, given that the Avs have Timmons, given that the Avs have Byram, given that the Avs now have Baron as well. Hellison certainly becomes a little bit more expendable. But okay. again, the question is if the if it's hey, we're trading this guy to protect Comfer so you take Donskoy. No. I'd not worth. No. Right. That's a that's like Travis's idea. Um give him Logan O'Connor to take Donskoy instead of Comfer. That's more of what I'm thinking. The, right. There's more some some equity there. Yeah. Where, where's your line? I wish we had the prospect pyramid right now. Because oh, I think we do, actually. Where is the line that you draw where you say, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Where Where is the line where you say none of these guys? Is it that third box and above? Yeah. I would not give anyone tier three and up for sure. Okay. Um. Tier if, four would tier four would be a deep cut probably. There's some guys that I wouldn't. About enticing them to take Eric Johnson, he's waived the NMC, and now you're paying Seattle. To and take you free him. up the full six million. Yeah, your full six million is now off your books, and you have a Connor Timmons uh, ready to just take that job full time. Yeah, you lose a lot of veteran experience with EJ and Cole both gone, but, but now now you move into the youth phase where you're like, look, these guys we've been grooming, Byram and Timmons, and now they're here, they're ready. This is their this is their defense, and now your defense is Gerard and McCarr and Taves and Byram and Graves Timmons and Graves. And, yeah, that's yeah, your six right there. Yep. How valuable but, is that? What what level do you start to consider? Take this prospect in order to take because you don't want to give up picks. We agree there. I mean, six million is a lot of money, man. Yeah, like we we've talked before. If they lose Don Scoy or Comfer, it's still going to be pretty tight to re-sign a Brandon Sod if he has a solid year. Sure, but if they. If they lose Eric Johnson's money, they can re-sign Saad comfortably. Yep. And then they're probably not worrying about Burakovsky the next year either. Right. And and to be clear, Saad is just the filler name for top six winger, basically, if that's what it comes down to. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, that would definitely be more enticed if it was taking EJ's $6 million off the cap. Where's where's your line? Because for me, I think it's Shane Bowers. I think that's I'm Bowers not, is the guy that I would consider, but it would hurt. Yeah, I I same guy I was looking at. If you're losing EJ, you're not giving up Baron or Timmons. You're just not correct because um, then it sort of defeats the purpose. What if Hellison? Is that an easy yes from both of us? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Is there any guy in that that fourth box? Where we would really say you'd have to really, really think about it for EJ. I mean, I love Sasha Mutala, but I can't even justify that. Yeah, I think I'd have to do it for any of them, basically. 
Okay. I think I agree. And I think Bowers is the only guy that I would consider from that third yep. box. I agree. Sir Cout is NHL ready, basically, as yeah. we talked about. So that doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, and, and then if you believe in the upside, you don't want to yeah. give away a starting goaltender. So that one would be that. Would, that's the one that comes back to haunt it, you. Is it could be a complete disaster for you if you yeah. do it. Yeah, you give away you give away powers and it's kind of like attaching. It's kind of like uh they're they're Eric Howla. There's a limit yeah. to how Maybe. south that can go for you, right? Right. It, it could go. It could, I think it could go between uh, Howla and like Will Carrier, where you're like, yeah, it's fine. Like he's a good fourth line player, but we freed Not. up six million dollars and we use that money to keep our core guys, and then go get another guy, and now we're even yeah. better. We we got a player better than Shane Bowers out of the deal. Yeah. So I because yeah. I think he's the he's the only prospect that I would consider for that. But that's also one of the only deals that I would consider trying to make is take Eric Johnson's money. Yeah. Otherwise, trying to entice them to do anything else. Like, look, if they if they're if they're on the fence between Comfer and Donskoy and you offer them a sixth round right. pick to push them towards Donskoy. I don't fine. You, if you throw a nothing pick at them to, to save an extra bit of money or whatever, I think that's perfect, but I don't care. Like, if, Oh, they're going to take JT Comfer and you, you suddenly the, it's the day of the expansion draft and you call them up and you're like, how about you guys take Don and we give you guys a fifth. If they're fine with that, I don't know why they would be, but if they're fine with that, okay. Great. There's the Avs give up virtually no value there, especially yeah. considering their late round drafting struggles. But I mean, just considering the success of those picks in just general. in general, yeah. yeah. So I mean, hey, right now Adam Warner's a fifth round pick that could be a real prospect. Yeah, I mean, Nikolai Kovalenko is a sixth round pick that we both really like. Look, there's a lot of hope there, but they're not NHLers until they're NHLers. Of course. But it's you feel differently about when you're like, uh, we gave up we gave up Adam Werner, we gave up Nikolai Kovalenko versus we gave up Shamil Shmakov. True. That's true. Big even, difference. Even there. sixth round, I mean, you're talking Nate Clarman versus Kovalenko. Yep. There's a big I like Nate Clarman more than most people, and even I'm like <laughs> I mean, look at the difference between Nikki Lieberman and Shamil Schmackoff. Yeah. So yeah. so big range of, of what could happen there to say the yeah. least. But yeah. big range of non-NHLers that could happen. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um yeah. So as as we're kind of winding this podcast down. Outside of the unforeseen things happening in the coming season, which I mean, hopefully there still is a coming season, but I'm not worried about it. I honestly, I'm not either. I'm confident they'll get something done. It's just a matter yeah. of what. It's very uh, much a matter of what. Yeah, and, uh, and, and when. Yeah, maybe more win than what. Honestly, I, we're we're it's it's December third, uh, and it doesn't. It, it would seem unlikely they're going to get a deal done right now. So. We're going to go into December 4th. I don't know how we could still be talking about January 1st yeah. as a start date. There's no way that January seems realistic. There's certainly no way that a full 82-game season is possible. I I will ask this, though, uh, one last time. Lafreniere ruled out of WJC's today. Yeah. Uh, Jack Hughes ruled out of WJC's today. Guys who are going to be on their NHL clubs. Are we sure we want Bowen Byram in this thing? <laughs> Seeing everybody else get ruled out. I mean, I do. Me too. I, if only to watch an Avalanche player play hockey, man. <laughs> I I mean, well, New Hook will be there. The more the merrier, though. There's a chance Barron's there. There's probably a good chance Hellison's there, too. But Oh, I think Drew Hellison's making that roster. Yeah, so... 
when we get closer to WJCs, we'll definitely have that conversation about. I, tell uh, you, um, I do not want to see Alex Newhook murking Drew Hellison, though. <laughs> you know he's gonna, dude. Please. You know it's gonna happen. No, <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> I'd be okay with the other, the the reverse happening, because anything that gets me more hyped about Drew Hellison is a good thing. Drew Hellison, like I know Newhook's not good defensively, but if you get murked by Drew Hellison. Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, if New Hook tries rolling down the wing and Drew Hellison just throws him into the wall. No. We already have enough Don't hurt him. prospects. Don't yeah. hurt him. <laughs> like... <laughs> you know? That's because like that's what Drew Hellison should be doing. True. That's that's his appeal. He's six foot three and he's got great feet. He should be able to keep up with a guy like New Hook. Dude, he can and do with that his physical Kirby Doc instead. All right. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, you want to you want to catch Kirby Dog with his head down coming through the middle. Don't hurt him. Just blow him up a little. It'll shake his confidence a little. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Make him make him think twice about it. I mean, he knows the door. I was going to do it to him in practice at some point. <laughs> all right. On that note, no more Chicago talk. Let's get out of here for this podcast for the day. That was everything Avs related to the expansion draft tomorrow for real this time. I promise we will be doing the entire expansion draft. We've had protected lists sent in. We are all good to go. Highly recommend you tune in live on YouTube for that one as we'll have a graphic up showing all the picks we've made. So you can see what the Seattle team starts to look like. Should be a fun show. Uh, Yeah. Super excited for. I think Evan will be on with us too. Not a hundred percent on that. I'm hoping Evan is on and I'm hoping he brings his surprise with him. He's got a surprise. Oh God! Did you did check? Did you see the Slack today? I have only checked my mentions in the Slack. That was it. I'll go look. Check it. Check, oh, check oh wait! I already know what the surprise is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's tremendous. I cannot wait for that. Then show up just to see that in yep. itself. Uh, yep. That's it for us today. Thank you, everyone watching, listening. However, you consume the podcast. We will be back tomorrow at one p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, have a great rest of your evening.